0: Alright, take your Bible turn to chapter 41 of Isaiah. Uh, Some have called this chapter a court case. That is, it's like going before a court uh, and making a declaration. Chapter 41, and he's going to deal with one of the greatest monarchs of history, King Cyrus. In fact, history calls him the great king, the great king King Cyrus. And he is the first king of the Medes. The Medes. Again, if you look at that map of uh, present-day Iran and Iraq. This was the Middle East. This was basically Babylon. Again, remember the pancake effect. You had uh, one nation come along and put down the next one, the next one, the next one. And so he's the first king of the people called the Medes who were part of uh, that territory. Uh, king Cyrus. So let's begin with verse 1 coastlands listen to me this is God speaking listen to me in silence don't say anything don't talk back let the peoples gain new strength then there should be you should probably add the word then beginning at the second half of verse 1 because that's what he's going to do he's now he's going to make an explanation God's gonna make an explanation then let them come forward and then let them speak they have to listen first and then let them speak let us come together for judgment for judgment who has aroused one from the east and Cyrus and from the standpoint of of the Holy Land now look up here uh, he comes from the east if you look at a map you kind of go northeast that would be Babylon but also if you went straight north that's also part of Babylon and so sometimes it says that he comes from the east, sometimes it says he comes from the north. Here in this case, one is aroused from the east. This is King Cyrus that he's talking about. Whom he calls, God calls, in righteousness to God's feet. That is, God is calling Cyrus to come before him and stand before or fall down or bow down before God's feet. He delivers up nations. God delivers up nations before him king cyrus and subdues kings with from uh, in, in, in concerning king cyrus he makes them like dust with his sword that is king cyrus does as the wind driven chaff with his bow he pursues them passing on in safety by a way he had not been traversing with his feet Who has performed and accomplished it? Now look at verse 4. Now it's going to talk about God and what God accomplishes with King Cyrus. Who has performed and accomplished it? Calling forth the generations from the beginning. The the Lord. It is the Lord. The Lord. I am the first. I am the Lord. I am the first and with the last. I am He. I am the first and the last. I am God. I am He. The coastlands, verse 5, have seen and they are afraid. The ends of the earth tremble. Why? Because of King Cyrus. He was a a terrible monarch, but he's going to be God's servant. God's going to use him as a whip against the nations. Uh, The ends of the earth tremble. They have drawn near and have come, and each one helps his neighbor and says to his brother, Be strong. So the craftsman encourages the smelter. And he who smooths metal with a hammer encourages him who beats the anvil, saying of the soldering, Ah, the soldering is good. Ah, we're making an idol, we're making a god in the soldering of the pieces of metal to get together. This is good. And he fashions it with nails that it should not fall over, totter, (laughs) the idol. But you, Israel, you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, seed of Abraham, who is my friend, God's friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from the remotest parts, and I have said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Do not fear, for I am with you, Israel. Do not anxiously look about you, because I am your God. You don't have to look for another God, I am your God. I will strengthen you, surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are angered at you, Israel, will be shamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you, Israel, will be as nothing, and they will perish. I don't think you and I realize what's going to happen in the tribulation. The nations of the earth, the nations, they will turn against the Jewish people. They will turn against God's people Israel. And they are going to be judged like crazy. The tribulation brings a judgment upon the Jews, but also a judgment upon the nations for their mistreatment of Israel. The nations who mistreat Israel shall be judged. I want y'all to realize that that almost every night, Lacey goes to bed earlier than I do, and I sit and I watch over and over again documentaries about World War II. I have books stacked by my desk uh, that I read on World War II. And the nations, I do this not just for history, but I love history. But I I, I love what happened. I I love to, it, it intrigues me, what happened in history during World War II. That reshaped the world. That re- reconfigured the world. And the nations who turned against the Jews, those nations were terribly punished. Terribly punished. Um, almost half of the German people died. There were 40 million Germans, and uh, with, their, with their armies, uh, almost half were killed in World War II. Uh, The nation of Germany was terribly mauled. And the Polish as well, the Polish people. In fact, people don't know this, but after, when World War II was over, when World War II was over, many of the Polish people still persecuted the Jews in Poland and killed thousands of Jews in Poland after the war was over. And Poland has struggled and struggled since until just fairly recently and they turned against the Jewish people. And the nations that mistreated Israel, the Jewish people, were the nations that were terribly judged during and even after at the end of uh, of World War II. God loves His people, even though they they have sinned and they rejected the Messiah, they rejected their own king, yet God still loves the Jewish people. He still cares for them. The plan is not over. Uh, verse 10 I will strengthen you surely I will help you surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand behold all those who are angered with you at you will be shamed and dishonored those who contend with you will be as nothing and they will perish and you will seek those who quarrel with you but you won't find them those who war with you will be as nothing and non-existent for I am the Lord your God who upholds your right hand who says to you don't fear i'll help you do not fear you oh boy look at this this is this is a proper reading this is not a misreading and <laughs> he calls them he calls jacob or israel a worm don't fear you worm <laughs> jacob uh you men of israel don't fear and they're like worms people are small before god people are nothing the nations are nothing before god the jewish people And then in certain instances, are nothing before God. Here he calls them the worm, Jacob. You men of Israel, I will help you, declares the Lord. And your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Please look at this. This is God speaking, and He speaks of another one who is not Himself that He calls your Redeemer who is the Holy One of Israel. That's the Messiah. That's the Lord Jesus. That's Christ. Behold, I will make you a new and sharp threshing sled, sled with double edges and will thrash the mountains and pulverize them and will make the hills like chaff. God's judgment. You will winnow them and the wind will carry them away and the storm will scatter them. But you will rejoice in the Lord. God is not through with the Jews. Someday they will they will say, Oh, we crucified our Messiah. We slew our Messiah, our Savior, our Savior. You'll rejoice in the Lord. You'll glory in the Holy One of Israel. The afflicted and the needy are seeking water, but there isn't any. Their tongue is parched with thirst. But I the Lord will answer them myself. Look at this. I will answer them. They're thirsty, but I will supply their need. I will supply their need. As the God of Israel, I will not forsake them. I will open rivers on the bare heights and springs in the middle of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land fountains of water. I will put the cedar in the wilderness, the acacia tree and the myrtle and the, and the olive tree. I will place the juniper tree in the desert. Together with the box tree and the cypress trees. Uh, I mentioned this to you when I first went to Israel in 1970. The hills were barren, no trees, no trees, no trees. And the last trip that I took to Israel, the trees were just coming like a like a carpet over the hills and down into the valleys. The forests, the, the trees were, were reforesting the hills in Israel. And you know how? By God, His sovereignty. The birds, they would take the seed and they'd fly over the hills down to the desert and they would drop the seed. And the trees of the forest are just blossoming and blossoming and growing and growing and growing. God is spreading the trees in the forest in Israel today as we speak. God is not through with His land. He's going to bless His land. He's going to bless the Jewish people. And this is, you all know, through Jeff Gutterman. Uh, uh, we had him here last year, the two young men from Israel. Uh, 30 years ago, we would never have seen that. We would never have seen young Jewish uh, people from Israel who were born again and have trusted in the Messiah. And here they came to this church, and I told you all what they said when they left. And we were their last stop. They went from here to the airport and went back to Israel. And they'd gone to 40, about 40 churches, and they said this was the best church. This was the best church. This church opened its arms to them more than any other churches they'd visited all the way from California to Maine and I'll never forget when they walked through that door these two guys from Israel they were tired they were worn out they'd been going from church to church across the country and they came in like this and when they left they left like this because you all greeted them in such a, with such a way and they went straight to the airport got on the plane went back to Israel and they appreciated this church because this church knew more of prophecy and what God was doing with Israel than any other church they visited and they loved clifton bible church look at verse 20 that they may see and recognize and consider and grain ins gain insight as well what are, what are the, what insight are they going to gain or are uh, going to have look at the middle of verse 20 that the hand of the lord has done this and the holy one of israel has created it present your case the lord says bring forward your strong arguments The king of Jacob says this, let them bring forth and declare to us what is going to take place. As for the former events, declare what they are, what they were, that we may consider them and know their outcome or announce to us what is coming. Declare the things that are going to come afterwards that we may know that you are gods. Indeed, do good or evil, that we may anxiously look about us and fear together? Behold, you are of no account, and your work amounts to nothing. But he who chooses you is an abomination. Now verse 25 seems to be coming back to specifically to Cyrus, verse 25. I will arouse one from the north. He's from the east, he's from the north as well. I will arouse one from the north, King Cyrus. And he has come from the rising of the sun He will call on my name. Cyrus will call on God's name and he will come upon rulers as upon martyr even as the potter treads clay. Who has declared this from the beginning that we might know or from former things that we might say God is right? What God says is right? Surely there was no one who declared. Surely there was no one who proclaimed. Surely there was no one who heard your words Formerly I said to Zion behold here. They are And to Jerusalem, I will give a messenger of good news But when I look and by the way, dr. Unger says we need to insert in verse 28 when I look at the idols of the pagans When I look at the idols of the pagans, there is no one and there's no counselor among the idols of the pagans Who if I ask can give an answer? Behold, all of them, the idols, are false. Their works are worthless, and their molten images are like wind and they are, they are emptiness. It's just not about emptiness. Look at verse 1 of chapter 42. Behold, my servant whom I uphold. This is the Messiah. This is the Lord Jesus who will come. My servant whom I uphold. My chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, or I will put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. That has not happened yet. We're waiting for this. We're waiting for this to happen. I will put my spirit upon him, and he'll bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out or raise his voice, that is to argue, nor make his voice heard in the street in a loud blustering way, blustering way, A bruised reed he will not break he'll be very gentle the Messiah will be very gentle the Savior will be very gentle and a dimly burning wick he won't extinguish he will faithfully bring forth justice faithfully he will not be disheartened or crushed he won't fail until he has established and watch this look at this justice on the earth Jesus will bring justice to this world, to the earth. No one else can do that. No one else can bring justice to the world. And that's what Christ will do. And the coastlands will wait expectantly for His law. Thus says the God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and its offspring, who gives breath to the people on those. Uh, the next breath you take... You get it from God. He he gives you the next breath. Who gives breath to the people on the earth? The spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord and I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you up by my hand and watch over you. I will appoint you as a covenant to the people. Look at verse 6, folks. Verse 6, and we're finished with this, is God speaking to the Messiah. God speaking to His Son. I am the Lord, and I have called you the Messiah, you the Messiah in righteousness. I will uphold you, my Messiah, by the hand and watch over you, and I will appoint you, the Messiah, as a covenant, a contract, an agreement with the people, as a light to the nations, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon, and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. Now, these verses are really about when the kingdom was established. But when Christ was here, He did do some of these things. Keep your finger here, and we're going to finish with this. Go to Luke chapter seven, Luke chapter seven, verse twenty-one. Luke seven twenty-one. Here's what Christ was doing when He was here. Let's well, we start at verse nineteen. Luke seven nineteen. Jesus summoned two of his disciples and John sent them to the Lord saying, uh, Are you, that is, they summoned two of the disciples and said, and John said to the, the Lord, Are you the expected one, the coming one, or do we look for someone else? This was John the Baptist who said that. When the men had come up to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent, you, uh, sent us to you saying, Are you the expected one, the coming one, or do we look for someone else? At that very time, He cured... Look at verse 21. Here's where we're going. He cured many people of diseases and afflictions and evil spirits, and He granted sight, sight to many who were blinded. Sight to many who were blinded. Now I'll go back to chapter 42 and verse 7. When He comes, and this is really a kingdom passage. Verse 7 is a kingdom passage. But He did this when He was here. He he, he healed the people who were blind when He was here also. But verse 7... He will come as a light to the nations to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon, and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. We're going to pick up from, from here at uh, the next time. Okay, our time is gone. Yes? Sir. I just have one thing to say. Uh, in uh, Isaiah 14, where Lucifer has his five I wills, yes. in 41, Isaiah 41, God sort of reacts with 17 I wills that's what it sounds like doesn't it yes indeed all right we're going to pick up here at uh, chapter 42 and verse 8 let's close in prayer Uh, lord we are looking at your son and uh, anticipating the day when he comes and makes all things right we thank you for these passages about his portrait and what he will do the day that he comes and brings peace and righteousness to this world in his name we pray amen